Je luistert naar een boodschap van C3 Church Amsterdam en Almere. Wij zijn een kerk van geloof, hoop en liefde. Voor meer informatie over onze kerk kun je terecht op onze website c3amsterdam.nl of c3almere.nl Wij geloven dat deze boodschap jou vandaag zal bemoedigen, inspireren en bekrachtigen. Beautiful. Come on, let's give the band a great big hand. Thanks, guys. So today we celebrate mums, and uh, my message is is totally focused around that. Uh, we've called this message "She Is Strong," uh, but it also concludes our series in One Peter. So we've been doing nine weeks in One Peter. Uh, we've covered the four first four chapters. Today we're going to do the fifth chapter. Uh, we've looked at, we had three weeks on relationships, we've had three weeks on uh, uh, getting to understand who we are and what it is we believe, and uh, we're looking at three weeks on our devotion, uh, and so today we, we conclude that. Next Sunday we start a new series uh, called, I Want an Encounter with the Holy Spirit. So we'll have th- three weeks looking at uh, encounters with the Holy Spirit. It's Pentecost weekend next Sunday, so you don't want to miss that. Uh, bring your friends along to that. The presence of the Holy Spirit when he fell on the first Pentecost uh, led 3,000 people to find Christ. So the power of the Holy Spirit when he's present uh, has the opportunity to enlighten people to who Jesus really is. And that's our goal. If you're here today and are unsure of who Jesus is, you will discover him best through the atmosphere you feel, that is the presence of the Holy Spirit revealing His nature and character to us. So um, I want us to jump right into 1 Peter chapter 5. Just uh, find that for me whilst, uh, whilst I bring up a little prop. Uh, and that is I want to both celebrate uh, a mother here this morning and, uh, and humiliate a father. Uh, <laughs> Two fathers. Um, so could we put our hands together for Aliska Hoffer as she comes up? Mother extraordinaire. Mother of one. Uh, Isla, who is 15 months old, born on the 19th of February, 2017, I remember. And, uh, and I'm going to ask Peter Jacobs to come up. Could we put our hands together for Pastor Peter? Father of two, and uh, and now what what we're going to do here is contrast two types of strength or body shapes. Uh, I know for a fact that Peter works out, and um, which is why his body goes like this. It's the it's the sign that someone does a lot of upper upper body work, and the tight jeans helps the fact that it's very narrow at the bottom, um, it amplifies, I think that's a trick actually, it amplifies the, anyway, he works out. So um, what we're going to do is sort of talk you through a contest, a plank contest. How many of you have ever done a plank? Okay, we're going to do the full plank because it's easier than the half plank. Uh, so if, if you both could take your positions and show us what you're made of, that's it, just to do the plank. That's it, straight bodies, flat bodies. Awesome, there we go. Now, if I was really cruel, what I'd now do is I'd sit here and preach the rest of my message to you. Well, these two have to hold the plank. 
for the rest of the morning or the rest of the afternoon, that's even longer, uh, while I preach. But I promised them it wouldn't be more than 20 seconds. So you can stop. Woo! Come on, put our hands together. Um, now, uh, no, you need to say that. We haven't finished the story. We haven't finished the story. That was just the start. We haven't got to the punchline. <laughs> because we, had, uh, we were doing a volunteers event for all our teams, and we did a plank contest. I didn't tell anybody, because that meant I could go into training and nobody else could, uh, which I thought would give me the advantage. And I got myself from one minute up to three through training. I was very proud of that and totally convinced that would be the winning time. Uh, because that was like three times what I used to do. So I thought, no, no one could ever beat three minutes. So I went real confident into this night. Uh, and so we all held a plank. Had a lot of people in this room all holding planks. And uh, I got up to three minutes. If you've ever done it, you know that feeling where the body begins to shake, involuntary, uh, like you have no control over your body. Uh, well, I got to that and caved in at about three minutes only to look around thinking uh, there's likely to be hardly anybody else still left in the game, realizing half the room was still left in the game, which was a big disappointment to me. Uh, Peter, you got up to four minutes, right? So Peter got up to four minutes before he got the shakes, and then he caved in. And then we look over here at Aliska Hoffer. She's still going. Four minutes, 410, 4.20, 4.30, 440, 450. she got the five minutes. We will never know what Aliska can do because I had to stop it because there was the rest of the meeting to do. So she got to five minutes. Come on, she got to five minutes. Which tells me, which tells me strength isn't all about what's on the outside. It's about what's on the inside. How cool was that? That was a really neat illustration, so I'll say it again. Strength isn't about what's on the outside. You can have a body like Pastor Peter Jacobs, but, but what you really want is inner strength, like an Aliska Hoffer. That's what you really want. She is strong. Come on, let's give it up for Aliska and Peter. Thanks, guys. She is strong. So with that thought in mind, let's read through 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 2 as we, as we conclude this series. But you'll notice that um, these words are actually designed for Mother's Day. It says here, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never uh, fade away. Peter's talking about the role of a shepherd, obviously, and we know that shepherds are devoted to their sheep. That is, they will care for, protect, watch over. Uh, they they uh, <clears throat> heal the sick ones. They protect uh, the lost one, I go after the lost ones. That's what a shepherd does. And you could sum it all up in one word. They are devoted to their flock. And of course, Peter's talking about the role of those who care for the church. Um, that, that it's a role of devotion. But you could very easily read into this 
the role of a mother. So let's just look at that. The role of a mother is to care for those, uh, to watch out for those under their care, watching over them, not because they must, but because they are willing. That's a mum for you. They willingly sacrifice themselves for their children, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but they're eager to serve. What do we know about mums? Perhaps even more than dads. Mums are so eager to serve their kids, not pursuing it for dishonest gain. I don't think I've ever seen a mother in my life who is begging for someone to pay them to do the job. Uh, they do it willingly, eagerly, eager to serve, being an example to the flock. Uh, that's what mums are. That's what uh, my why, what's what Pastor Lisbia is to our kids. She's an example to her little flock of two. Um, three, if you include me. And, uh, and, and to sum it all up, the chief shepherd, Jesus, when he appears, he will give you a crown. If no, one ever, ever, if no one's ever said this to you, mums, let me say it to you now. You are absolute champions. We are grateful for what you do. And one day, someone will recognize it with a crown. Your kids can't afford one, which is why you don't have one now. Most of your husband's partners or would-be husbands can't afford one. But one day, one day, one day, you will receive a crown. And if, if these words can help a little bit, I hope they help. You deserve it for being an example, for looking out, caring for, protecting, shepherding, doing those things. Here's, here's the point. She is strong. Why is she strong? Because she is devoted. And so what I want to talk about today is the power of devotion. Because devotion is what causes us to be strong. When you get devoted to something, a strength rises inside of you. Why are you strong as moms? Because you're devoted to your family. When you get devoted to your family, you find resources inside you didn't know you had. You get through things you didn't think you could get through because you're devoted. And that's the point of this message. She is strong because she is devoted. We all admire people who are devoted to a cause. In fact, we have a whole generation who want to be devoted to a cause. We're looking for a mission to attach ourselves to and say, I'm devoted to that. That's what I love about church. It's not just that we're saved and, and set free, that we're forgiven, but we're also devoted to a cause. We're on a mission. There is purpose in God's house. And, and when you get devoted to it, you find strength to see it through. You find strength for every area of your life because of devotion. How do you make a business succeed? Get devoted to the business. We all admire politicians who are devoted to their cause, even if we disagree with their cause. There's something ad, uh, that you admire about it somehow. You may go, I disagree with you. That's a load of rubbish. But I, I admire your devotion and, and your commitment to what you think is the right thing to do. It, it's something in us as human beings that we, re, we rise uh, uh, with strength around devotion. Devotion is one of the, the highest standards of our humanity, to be devoted to something, and to be devoted to the right things, of course. And so I'm going to take us through uh, two aspects of devotion that uh, focus our minds on not just how to be devoted, but what to be devoted to, just in case we forget. And if there's any uh, role we can easily forget or unappreciate, it's the role of a mum, because so much of what you do is, is hidden and unseen 
so much of the things you've been through have been forgotten, like the birth. I mean, we don't spend long meditating on the birth, but that day was not pleasant until that thing arrived. <laughs> that day was, was far from pleasant. It was full of pain. Who was torturing you? My goodness, this child inside is torturing your body. And then he arrives or she arrives. And it's like sheer bliss. It's like nothing had ever happened. It's like, I don't care. It's been 10 hours of torture because this thing is now here. This bloody mess <laughs> is on your, on your chest. And you, you, you couldn't be happier. Uh, and, and so goes life. As quickly as you forgot that moment, so we can easily forget the inner strength you demonstrate as, as you sort of quietly put, bring under control the worries you have for your children, as you quietly face the challenges of, of certain behaviors you're facing with your children, as you, you do all this so quietly. And that's, I think, why us men who don't tend to suffer pain so quietly uh, salute you, because we admire the way you can, you can go through life with this sort of quiet resilience. Uh, you know, a man only has to stub his toe on something and he lets the whole world know. But you women, I'll tell you, you're giving birth to children and you scream for a little bit, you forget about it the next day. You're just absolute champions to us all. And so I, I want us all to learn something from what Peter is saying. I want us all to learn something from uh, the example of a mom that devotion will cause us to rise in strength. Uh, several years ago, my eldest son, Jake, uh, was on a, a school camp, and uh, he, he doesn't particularly like camping. <clears throat> he gets it from his dad. Uh, why sleep on the floor when you've got the option of sleeping on the bed? Why sleep under canvas when you've got the option of sleeping under, under bricks on a ceiling? Uh, why sleep in the cold when you've got the option of sleeping in the warm? Uh, I cannot think of any reason why camping should be an activity that human beings do. Animals were designed to live outside. Human beings were designed to live inside. But put that aside just for a moment because I don't want to sound biased in the story. Uh, but Jake, uh, Jake somehow then inherited a gift to dislike camping. And so um, uh, and on top of that, the idea was to canoe all day for three days. Uh, now, I mean, whoever had that idea was a little insane. Um, canoeing's fun until you have to do it all day for three days. I mean, anything's fun until you have to do it all day for three days, right? Eating's fun until you have to do it all day for three days. Uh, and so we get a phone call uh, the, next, uh, the next day saying, um, Jake's not very happy. Could you come and pick him up? And so, of course, I'm devoted to my children. So, of course, I'm, I get in the car and I, I go and, and, and pick him up. And, and I, I'm remembering an experience actually almost identical that I went through as a kid, and, and my parents uh, picked me up, took me home, and to this day, I sort of regret the fact that they didn't push me through that sort of barrier I was, I was hitting, because there's some things you have to learn in life as you grow up, and so I, I was facing this, like, what do I do? I'm, I'm devoted to Jake. I, I want him to, uh, I, I feel for him. Camping is from hell, so I, I have every excuse to bring him home, uh, so I'm thinking the options, you know, okay, taking him home sounds reasonable. Okay, option number two, I could put him up in a hotel um, locally so he still sees the experience through but doesn't have to sleep with 10 people in a four-man tent. He can sleep in a two-person room for one person in a two-person room. But I, I knew he'd be bullied for the rest of his life uh, being that kid. 
so that option was out. The other option was to consider staying. I'm thinking, oh no, that sounds like a cruel dad. I'm going to make him stay. Something I never did myself. Uh, how many parents ever feel guilty that you're getting your kids to, to live up to standards that you failed on? Oh, such a terrible... It's because we're devoted to our kids, right? So don't feel guilty. As long as you're now living up to certain standards, of course. Um, uh, and so I, I, I took him out for a burger. <laughs> Number one little uh, tips on, for parents. Took him out for a burger. And we had this conversation. And I said, Jake, look, I can take you home. And no problem with that at all. Uh, but the other option is you could stay. And so I painted a picture of what it would feel like 24 hours later, him coming home, having seen another night through and another day of canoeing through, what it would feel like having completed it. And as Jake does, because Jake's pretty, you know, determined and he's, he's, he's like a, um, he, he does, he's not a quitter, he, he sees this picture of himself, hmm, okay, all right, Dad, I'll tell you what, I'll go back. I'm going to see it through. I'm, I'm, I'm going to devote myself to, to seeing this camp out. And by the way, please never sign me up for camp again afterwards. And, uh, and he, saw, he saw it through. He found the strength to see it through because he devoted himself to the task at hand. The first thought I've got for you is this. We become uh, stronger by considering what we devote ourselves to. Or put another way, we become what we vote, devote to. So if you, uh, if, you want, if you are wishing you were someone else, the best thing you can devote yourself to is looking at social media every minute of your day. <laughs> Devote yourself to social media and you will be wishing you were someone else because everybody else's life looks so much better. If you want to grow greed in your life, devote yourself to the pursuit of more money all of the time. Devote yourself to a life of food and you will become like it. You will look like the last pizza you ate if you're devoting yourself to it. How many have ever looked in the mirror and thought, I look like a donut? Because you pigged out on donuts all night. That's my point. Um, devote yourself to anything addictive and you become like it. You give it control. What you devote yourself to, you give control to. However, want to become a stronger disciple? Devote yourself to church and a journey of discipleship. Want to become more productive? Grow your devotion to healthy habits. Want to grow your strength as a parent? Grow your devotion to your children. And that's something we have to do on a regular basis is remind ourselves, I'm here for my kids. In all the busyness of life and all the desire to produce and all the desire to achieve, you've got to stop from time to time, picture your children and go, I redevote myself to you. Because in that you find strength. In that you find that your sense of purpose and identity rises because you become what you devote to. What you devote to, you become like. Your devotion gives you power. And I realize today, mums face so many challenges, perhaps more than before, because we live in a society where maybe cost of living says that both parents need to work in order to be able to afford to live, and that challenge is more today than in, in previous generations. That's a challenge we face. I also know that we live in a generation that wants to have it all. That is, yes, I want, to be a, I want to be a mom, I want to be a dad, but I also want my career and I want success in this area of my life, in this area of my life, in this area of my life. 
And so we juggle these tensions, these inner tensions. We, we struggle with this sense of guilt that we're not doing enough. And so we, we have to manage that. And so for you mums, again, I give you credit. Every time you make a choice to say, I am devoted to my children first. I'm devoted to my household above anything else. Because in your devotion, you become the person God has made you to be for this season of life. You become that which you have devoted yourself to. And you find the strength to be that person. For those of us who aren't mums, or for those of us maybe who are from families that are incomplete or broken, because that's life, right? Family life is not perfect, even though it's God's unit for health. The Bible says He places the lonely in families. The family unit is still the health of society. Even though, even though it's not perfect, even though it's broken in many ways, it's still the healthy unit of society. And, and that's what I love about church, because we are a family. This is home. I can't tell you how many people have said that to me. On their first visit, this feels like home. I feel like I've been welcomed into a family. And you are. You're welcome here like this is your family, whether you're from a, 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 a dysfunctional or broken family background or a healthy one. We are still family. We can fill in the gaps and, uh, and try and be strength in areas of weakness. It's family with a supernatural edge. It's it's, it's God in flesh and bones to one another. Uh, and so you can find a place here. This is meant to be your house. This is meant to be home. But to get it, the most out of it, we have to devote ourselves to it. Because when we devote ourselves to it, you find the gems in it. And, and, and when, when you're devoted to it, you find the strength to give to it. Uh, and when you're devoted to it, you find yourself seeing things and, and catching things that you never thought you would get. For as long as we're casual, we never get as much as for when we're devoted. Same goes in our families. For as long as we're casual in family life, you're never going to get a lot out of it. Husbands, for as long as we're casual with our wives, you're never going to get as much out of your marriage as when you're devoted to her. A devotion is the key to life. Devotion is the key to strength. And devotion is the key to our health. Devotion is the key to finding the richness out of anything we're trying to get it out of. So my first thought is, if you want to become that picture of what you want to become, devote yourself to that thing. And, and, and secondly, and this is a, a probably the most important point for very obvious reasons, you become who you're devoted to. Our connections in life are everything. Our connection, connections in life mean everything to us. They're the making of us. And so who we connect with and who we connect to, we have to select that carefully, that, that we're, we're choosing friends that build us up and we, we connect well with those people. But there is one connection above all other connections that is supreme uh, in, in every possible way, and that's Jesus Christ. No surprise that I'm saying that in church, that our primary devotion is to Him. Because if, who, if, if we become who we're devoted to, we want to become like Christ. If devotion is where we get our strength from, our ultimate strength is going to come from Him. Therefore, being devoted to Jesus is our ultimate strength. He becomes a rock to you through any situation. And if there's any job that's, that's an emotional challenge, it's the role of a mom. 
It's an emotional roller coaster. And so if there's any person in this room today that needs Jesus more than anybody else through life to be the rock and the steadiness through the roller coaster of emotions, it's, it's a mum and a dad and a man and a woman. I'm just broadening this out right now, as you can see. But every one of us needs to be able to say, do you know what? I'm devoting myself to Christ. I'm devoting myself to Him because He's the rock through all of life's situations. He, he works out everything for our good. That's, that's what Romans chapter, uh, uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. God works for the good of those who love, who are devoted to Him. When you're devoted to Him, he somehow works things out. In, in, even when life is messy, you go, how, does it, how, how can he work it out? Well, I don't know. And, and, and I know people in, I was talking to someone after the first service who's gone through a, a divorce, and, and, and we were discussing how God works things out for the good. Well, that doesn't sound like good, right? And it's not good. And it's not easy. It's painful. And yet he says, it's not that, it's not that he will, he's, he's not waving a magic wand to sort everything out. It's more that he shows his goodness in the midst of those problems. He turns up in the midst of those difficulties. He displays moments of grace that helps you carry on. He, he, he works life. He bends life because he's very happily married again now. Bends life around and goes, here you go. I know this was painful. I know that was a difficult journey. But hey. Here it is in a different format. Here it is in a different way. He, he shows his goodness to us. Uh, we all need that at, at different moments in our lives. And so as we conclude, let me just share with you just a few mums who have devoted themselves and found that God is working, working out for the good for them. One of them is a woman called Ruth. I'm going to ask the uh, risky thanks, man. Always speeds me up a bit when I hear music in the background. Uh, Ruth in the Old Testament Ruth was a Moabite, that is, she wasn't from Israel, she didn't worship Yahweh, she, she worshipped other gods, and, and yet somehow found herself getting married to someone who had backslidden from church, and, but had a church background, and they got together, and she joined this new family of, of people who had moved away from God, uh, and, and tragedy hit the family um, in, in, in the worst possible way, her father-in-law dies, her brother-in-law dies, and then her own husband dies. And so uh, the ultimate tragedies hit this, this household. And so her mother-in-law says to her, go back to your own family, go back to your own people. But something in Ruth knew that that was not the answer. Something in her knew that her gods and all that, uh, they were, that was not the answer in this moment of crisis her mother-in-law was going to find her way back to church. And so Ruth said, do you know what? I'm going to come with you. Where you go, I will go. I will devote myself not just to you and to the house of God. I'm going to devote myself to Jesus. I'm going to devote myself. I'm going to go a different way. I'm going to see if this is the way I should, uh, this is the place I should belong. And so that's what she did. She finds herself worshiping Yahweh and, and, and finds herself with the best guy in town, Boaz, who was a wealthy landowner who happened to really love God and, and, and was a gentleman as well, looked after her and provided for her. And she ended up having children with him that ended up being the line from which Jesus came. How significant is that? To go from that to that is a, 
a significant transformation. Why? Because she devoted herself to Jesus Christ. Therefore, things were down for the good. There was another, another mother. We only know her as the widow of Zarephath. She had a son, and it was a time of famine. They had no food, and they were about to die. And we wouldn't face this situation nowadays, of course, because we have systems that help us when we get that desperate. But all of us at certain points in life, we hit points where we feel like our resources aren't enough, or we've hit a limit. Or as a parent, probably one of the worst feelings you face sometimes is the feeling that you haven't got enough to provide for your kids. It's a... I don't know if you've hit that moment where you're going, do you know what? Bank account's empty. Some of you will have faced that. It's, uh, you feel bad for yourself, but you feel even worse for your kids. She was in that situation. Elijah the prophet comes along, shares the word with her. This is powerful. Don't underestimate the power of this. It's, so he shares this with her and she says, I'm devoting myself to that. He says, go and get some oil and to make bread with and she gets some oil and she begins to pour the oil and it didn't stop pouring it was a supernatural miracle of provision that kept them alive and they got through that famine season what I'm trying to say is when you devote yourself to Jesus even in moments where you feel you lack he will provide Jesus' own mother Mary oh my goodness a woman who was devoted she is such an example of a devoted mother standing at the cross I don't know how many mums could stand there watching their own child suffer in that way, but she did. She was one of the very few who stood next to him through that moment. She st stood there devoted to Jesus. And I know the resurrection was not for her benefit. I know it was for the benefit of mankind and for our salvation and for our transformation. But see it from a mother's point of view for a minute. What a wonderful moment that Jesus would rise from the dead, that she would get an extra few days with her son after seeing him suffer so traumatically, to see him now whole and at peace before she loses him again as he ascends to heaven. That would have healed a broken heart for a mother. Just that moment. Sometimes all you need is a moment, a glimpse of something different that brings goodness into your world. That's what Jesus does when you devote yourself to him. So could we just, as we close here, close our eyes and honor this moment? Because I know some of you, you've been through some things. Devoting yourself to family, devoting yourself to God's family will definitely help. Devoting yourself to Jesus will help above all other helps. Going for counsel, going for support will help. Devoting to Jesus will help beyond all other helps. When you're struggling to know what to do with your son or your daughter, a moment or a period or a season of challenge, he gives you wisdom like no one else can give you. He gives you the strength like nothing else can give you. He steadies the roller coaster ride. He, he's the rock. In times when everything is shaking and moving, Nothing like parenting for you to feel like you're facing a first every day of your life, particularly with your first child. Everything is a first. And yet he can be your guide. Jesus can be 
the one who leads you and guides you. And so my question right now to every one of us, I'm not thinking specifically of mums, but my question is, is today a day you need to redevote yourself to him? Do you need to refresh your devotion? Maybe you need to refresh your devotion to your family. And this is a great moment to do that, just to picture your family right now and go, I redevote myself to you. I devote myself to you. Because in doing that, you're going to find strength coming into your soul. Find a new ma- a passion for the mission to bless your family. But every one of us needs to make sure that we have devoted ourselves to Jesus, that we have redevoted our lives to Him to come back to our most important passion in life. So, in just a moment, I'm going to pray with us simply to get ourselves redevoted, re fired. And I want you to pray this prayer. Maybe you've never prayed a prayer like this before. Maybe you've never asked Jesus in your life before. Maybe you've been away from Him and today you need to come back to Him. Or maybe you're just not sure you're going to heaven and today you need to be sure. I really would love for you to pray this prayer with us. Just be devoted to one who can help you most. So could we pray this prayer? I want everyone to say it after me. It goes like this. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that you died for me. I thank you that you showed your love to me. That you are devoted to me. I ask that you would forgive me turn away from my past come and live in my life I devote myself to you I thank you that today I am saved in Jesus Bedankt voor het luisteren naar onze podcast We zien je graag terug in een van onze diensten Kijk op onze website voor tijden en locaties.